Welcome to another episode of That Some Crazy Shit with Kelly and James. <laughs> you know who I am, and my co-host is Mr. James. And you know who I am because I'm always Mr. James. Always Mr. Always. James. Always. Always. So, Mr. James, we have a guest today, and we have a guest that actually used to do their own paranormal uh, like radio talk show in the past. Right on. And bring us cool stories. His name is Ron Mills, and he used to host a show called The Chosen. That's pretty good. Very similar to Coast to Coast. Oh, and I like that's how I started learning stuff Coast to Coast back in the day with Art Bell. Yep, very similar. And his show is called The Chosen. And he wanted to come on the podcast and share some of his experiences and stories from when he was host of this radio show. Paranormal radio show. All right on. He's kind of kindred spirit. Yeah. So I just thought we'd get right to it. Well, let's just do it then. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Radio talk show host of The Chosen, Ron Mills. Ronnie, thank you so much for being a part of that some crazy shit and coming on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So when we had initially interviewed you um, to talk about being a guest and all the things that you talked about, the UFOs, it really kind of piqued our interest. That's just right up our alley. And so just, you know, let's just jump right in and kind of tell us, you know, what, what you bring to the, what you bring to the podcast. Well, I have a history. I did it for five years at Paranormal, a show on Talktainment Radio called The Chosen. Uh, it started with a group of people and then it ended up just me, um, which I was glad of because I I wanted to be guest driven just like uh, Coast to Coast AM. I'm a fan of Coast to Coast AM. So I wanted to be guest driven and I just wanted to know what they knew, uh, how they knew it, you know, hear their story. Uh, let the audience judge, you know. Mm-hmm. Let the audience judge. I never thought anybody did kooks or something like that, but I just wanted the audience to judge everybody in the story. I remember my uh, first guest was Howard Storm. Was it? Yeah, I think it's Howard Storm. Yeah. He was, he, he had wrote the book, uh, My Descent Into Death and uh, Hell or something like that. He went to hell. He died uh, overseas of peritonitis or something. And um, I think it was in the seventies and uh, he did not believe in anything. So um, he told his story when he came back from wherever he was, he became a, from a guy who didn't believe in anything, became a minister in Ohio. I saw it on the, I think I saw it on the Travel Channel or something like that. And I was like, I, I got got this guy on my show. I read his book. I said, I got to get, get him on my show. <laughs> yeah. Well, then it was with a group of guys and stuff. And I got mad at them because and when I started off, I was just a voice. I was just doing the intros and stuff like that. And, you know, 
they did the drove the show, so I did, you know, this is the chosen herd only on talk tainment radio. You know, and I say, which are a host? Brother D, Master Aha, Sebek the Analyst and R&D Engineer, Marshall Barnes. I do that and stuff, you know, and commercial breaks. <laughs> but um, it seemed to me that they wanted to talk amongst themselves and I wanted to be guest driven, so I got a guest for them and stuff kind of looked like I was overstepping my bounds and then when they didn't read the book it pissed me off but it did and it didn't I got to ask the bulk of the questions <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like you know I don't know from some went on there and stuff I think there was a dispute and we we're supposed to have a team meeting all of a sudden they didn't come to the meeting I was there by myself and the person we were doing in the studio, he said, well, you can quit it or you can do it by yourself. And I was like, when do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I can start immediately. Yeah. Right, right. I said, oh, we're going to have to change that music, the open music, a little slow. And the break music's got to be this, this, and stuff. We'll work on a new intro. And, you know, and my tagline was, doubt if you dare, but believe if you have the courage because you're listening to The Chosen. Heard only on Talk Tainment Radio. Uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, that was my little tagline coming in and out. And I said, I had the music speed up a little faster. I said, I wanted to count down because I was a fan of um, Lost in Space. And I said, when they, the first season, there was kind of a robotic music. And then the person that wrote the first music, which people don't realize they knew, he called himself Johnny Williams at that time. But he was John Williams, the famous composer, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Superman. Oh, really? Yes, he called himself Johnny Williams. So he did, when you hear the opening of uh, Lost in Space, that's him. So, and then he did a, I think it's the second or third season, it did a countdown. Dr. Smith or Will would get into trouble, and Dr. Smith would be screaming, and then the numbers that come, you know, five, four, three, Two, one, and it's this big orchestra music behind it. I said, I want to count down like that, you know, <laughs> like that. Come in and stuff. So I did that, and I started getting guests. First, it was like the struggle to get guests, and then people were sending me books and stuff. So I wanted everything: cryptozoology, uh, spontaneous human combustion. I was like, you know, hey, anybody can get on there. So let's go. So, yeah, we're we're about the same way. We, you know, right. we try to get every every kind of guest we can. It's funny you mentioned you know spontaneous combustion. We talked about that before too. But I was wondering, did you have Larry point, Larry Arnold there? No, it was just uh, Kelly and I. Uh, we were just talking about it. We didn't have a guest. Okay. But uh, at what point, or have you had a paranormal experience that kind of triggered their interest in this? I. <laughs> I used to have some, what I thought were dreams when I was young. And I think it was in that house. But that I'm not too clear on. When I got older, I was very clear on one that I had where um, I was in a, I was in a uh, house, I was in a apartment that was converted. And I think it was in the 20s because it had like a marble floor and the guy had converted it into efficiencies. 
and because I knew it was from like the 20s because it had the Murphy bed there. You pulled out. Oh, out of the wall? Yeah, and you did kitchenettes. You pulled the Murphy bed out the wall and stuff. I was afraid to sleep in it because I was a fan of the Three Stooges. I always think about going in up there and get out, you know? <laughs> but when I moved in, I didn't have a bed and I was waiting for a futon to come. I said, so the mattress looks okay and stuff. And I said, I can sleep on this tonight, you know, put a sheet, cover it, slept on it. I used to hear walking in the halls and then I look out because it's that, that marble floor and I look out and it's like, there's nobody there and stop walking, you know? So this was terrifying. I kind of, I was laying in the bed, the Murphy bed, and I was asleep. And it's a kitchenette, and you can see it's five windows. You can see the whole place, the bathroom and stuff from laying in that area. So there's no spot you could really miss. So I'm laying there, and I got my back turned to the door. And it feels like somebody sits on the edge of the bed. Because I woke up and felt like somebody sat on the edge of the bed. And I said, what the hell? It was in the best of neighborhoods. I said, somebody broke in and he has the nerve to sit on the edge of the bed. <laughs> and I felt the person laying down next to me because it's like queen size Murphy. So my heart is beating out my chest. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to fight. You know, I said, but roll out the bed, turn around and get this person. You know, it's like, you know popped up on adrenaline. I turn around, there's nothing there. There's a shape like somebody is lying there. Wow. And then, oh, wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> no <laughs> Kelly is out of that room so then. fast. I knew it was haunted then. Of course, I didn't go to sleep. I was up to daylight. <laughs> then I had another example where something happened to me. I got, I said, I'm not going to be on this Murphy bed. This is whoever's bed. <laughs> I'm not going to be on this Murphy bed anymore. So I got a futon. So I'm laying on my futon. I was working late then and stuff. It might have been midnight because I was doing this shift from this other job. And I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, when you feel like you're going to sleep, you're about to go into sleep, dream sleep. And I hear somebody call my name and say, Rob. And I was like, I uh, must be dozing off about the dream, you know, not really worried about it. And they said, Ron, and I felt the breath on my ear. <laughs> and I said, oh, nobody's there. And again, I was like, oh my God, this building's haunted. You know, so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we Kelly wouldn't spend much time in there and I'd be trying to investigate. <laughs> not at all. Not the place for me, not at all. No, and I was asked to places that are haunted when I had to show, and I said, No, no, I don't do that. I don't know what I'll be bringing back or nothing that's like no, that. Yeah, yeah so, I, that's true. That's so, that. you know, from being a, a host on the show for all those years, can you share with us some of like some of the best? stories that you've ever heard kind of paranormal stories that you've heard somebody wrote a book about her mother being possessed she's in ohio and this is probably one of the scariest books i've ever read too and um and how she had to deal with a child 
and uh, the abuse of her father every day and stuff. And uh, it's a very interesting story. And I had her as a guest. She grew up in Columbus. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, getting over a cold. But um, I had her as a guest. And uh, she was talking about her father, how abusive he was. And I think she was like seven. And her mother became, there was an actual possession. And she knew it then. And, and she talked about, you know, her father was like, you know, he would beat up on her mother, but he stopped because when she had became possessed, she told him she was, she had cars that day. And he was, he was cards and she was telling him, that's an ace, that's this. Then he said, oh, you think you're something? And, you know, because he was nasty to her and she's like, don't get hurt today. And he got in a car accident. So he's still trying to act tough. But then he tells, I'm not going to sleep with her anymore. And he puts the little girl in the room with her. You're sleeping with your mom, you know? So he puts her in a room with her, and she's the one that's writing the book, telling him about the brothers and the abuse. And she said that uh, her mom would be talking to somebody in the room, multiple voices, and she tried to act like she was asleep. But what got out of the room is she's sitting up there, you know, hearing these multiple voices, trying to turn away, act like she's asleep. And mom has responded to her. So she knows she's not crazy people were responding back and they she said what about the girls she's woke she said don't worry about my daughter you know and she's like got bolted out the room then i'm not sleeping with her anymore and mom we like to go to places like um the stores like uh, salvation army and stuff like that where you give back clothes and stuff like that or it, like uh, yard sales to get jewelry. This person is dead. This person is still alive. This person, you know. So it it never helped her. They tried to with an exorcism. It never helped her. She ended up dying and stuff. And there was something that looked like this huge black thing in her stomach for cancerous wow. or whatever. But I asked her, you know, hey. Was there anything, and I don't know if she put it in a book, I said, was there any unusual hole or something around? Because they had a house there. She said, yeah, in the backyard. The sinkhole opened up and said, Dad put sand and they had the boys put sand in it and stuff like that. It opened up again. They just put boards over it. You know, I said, Dude, when you play back here, don't go in this area and stuff like that. That was an opening for whatever was coming and came in. <laughs> and she said she got involved with this weird church. These three ladies came in one day and started talking to her. And she said, what like a church because the kids would be somewhere else and they'd be with them. They were strange ladies. I think it that evil brought them there and they were able to connect with her. Mm. And then she said it wasn't like a church because they would be downstairs, we'd be upstairs. But they tried to say it was like a church. So it was one of the most interesting 
my house perception and reality uh, I have a signed copy but then that was yeah very interesting and I believe the story too you know wow giant, I talk so much about you know this, the title of the the name of the show is that some crazy shit these people go to literally hell and people may not believe that it's happening to them for whatever reason you know that's why that's why we say it's crazy i mean can you imagine if that was happening to you cal <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> not at all wow how long did you host the show i think it was about five or six years that i ran and i uh, ran the course with it so <laughs> it was every Monday night at 8 and stuff so just interesting that I had like this taste for just want to know everything it started when I was a kid and I know one of the first things I bugged my mom about seeing and stuff I just had to see was um, uh, the UFO incident 1975 just like uh, dating myself. There's probably four channels on TV, and that's when it was on NBC and ABC. Yeah, CBS. Yes, that was it. <laughs> yes, it may be like uh, Channel 43 and like a local <laughs> something. So it's three channels on it, and so and the TV actually went off at night. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and I was 13. And they did the promo for it because it was like the movie of the week, a movie made especially for you by NBC. And they said the UFO incident. They showed the preview. I'm like, oh! <laughs> I can feel There's it. There's a black yeah. man that was taken by a UFO. I gotta see it. I'm 13, you know. My mom was like, you know, uh, well, that comes on at nine. You're really supposed to be in bed by us. Uh, like, Please let me watch it. Please let me watch it. She so said, you're going to be asleep on the couch anyway. And so, so. no, I was there to 11 to the end. James Earl Jones was playing. Yeah. You know, and it's still Kendi Renee. She was playing uh, uh, Betty Hill and stuff. So I was like amazed by that. And I was like, oh my God. It sounds like we had the same experience because I was the same way. And, and I didn't realize at the time I was too young to realize the implication of them being an a interracial couple mm-hmm. not until I got older I realized you know for them to come forward with that story you know during that time I was pretty brave of them and they didn't tell on them you know who brought a broke hip a law was to him this the yeah I, yes he told on them by me Barney was involved, he's a postman, but he was involved in the civil rights movement. Yeah. You know, with this, you know, and stuff. They didn't know what happened to them and everything. But then the proof, we know where the Greys live because of that story. Zeta Retilia. Yeah. Because there is okay, when they they had Barney under most of the time. You know. Barney was an ex-vet, big guy, they had him under most of the time. But Betty was walking around asking questions. They were like, where do you come from? And they showed her the star map. And they said, where are you on this map? She said, I don't know. And they said, why should we tell you where we come from if you don't know where you are? 
you know. <laughs> but on the hypnosis, he had her draw. They, they kind of said there, had her draw the star system. Of course, they said there's no such star system and everything and stuff. Uh, years later, Ohio teacher that's into astronomy and stuff, you know, look, match and stuff through the new maps because they have stronger telescopes then. Matches it Zeta Reticuli, you know, where the great exactly where she said it was supposed to be, huh? Yeah, it matched up just the way it was. So, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think it's it, I think it's her uh granddaughter or niece, Kathleen Marta, to be a, an investigator. Yeah. Yes, she she was left that whole thing, you know, to tell the story and stuff, you know, and she. I had her on the show and she talked about the night that, you know, she was talking about things to her mother, what happened to her when she was a kid. And it's, it's something they did not want to come out. So you can't say, oh, they just wanted to get stories and stuff, get this out and stuff. And right. Something they did not. <clears throat> and when I had a show, what I was tell them, and I knew I had to get rid of the other guys that were there, you know, because I was like, because I think I had that first guess. I was like, they're not really serious about this. And they wanted to say things on the break that I said, don't ever say that. I said, you let the audience decide. Let the audience decide. Because we don't know what's true and what's not. How That's many true. times we call people kooks and we found that they're not kooks. Right. And I said, yes, we... we we can never say that. And I had a guest that was, he was kind of worried and stuff. He talked about the the cure for AIDS were out there and stuff, the government, the government had put it out there and stuff to kill a certain amount of people. <clears throat> so he said, he was in the, what's it, the Inquirer of the Sun. He said, they were, well, you there's have two, to, yeah, both of them. <laughs> yeah, he said, you have to excuse me, I'm in the Inquirer of the Sun. And I said, that means nothing to me. And I said, that means nothing to me because here's the thing. I said, you ever watch Men in Black? And, said, <laughs> yeah. and the Tommy Lee guy goes, I need information. Right. Was like, what are you doing? He said, in that rag, he said, yeah, and here we put the truth with the lies. Yeah. <laughs> this information is out there, you know, to, to make people look crazy. No, right. It's true. It's true. It really right. is. And I said, you know, we 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 don't know about this. And so, you know, I believe I said one of the biggest lies and nobody truly fell for it was the UFO crash on Mark Brazel's story. UFO, nobody fell for it. You're a captain. I don't know the difference between a ship and a balloon. And he's an intelligence officer. Don't know. Yeah. This is the first time that they looked up and they said, we don't know how to handle this. And it was handled wrong. But if you're not, it, and I think he was on Coast to Coast and his son said, he admitted on his diabetes, they made a fool out of him. I know the difference, you know. I know yeah. the difference, but you had to do that. And I said, if you don't believe that UFOs are out there, it looked up in one of the army books they have this thing about dealing with the UFO crash and how to deal with the locals 
Uh, I've, I've heard that. that. It's in the army book handbook because the first thing is who's going to get there before us? Just like they thought it was a plane or something. The locals, we got to deal with the fire department. We yeah. got to deal with the mm-hmm. EMP. We got to deal with Billy Bob on his farm. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be there before us. So we have to put it in our book how to deal with this. If you don't believe me, you said that it's never happened. Why would you have it in the book? Exactly. Because there's got to be some kind of protocol. They had to learn from something. Right. We can't let, we got to move the locals out as soon as this happens, you know, and we got to tell them what we're going to tell them. Uh, the men in the black, I definitely believe that's true. People have said they've had visits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did a show about men in black. We did. Never met anybody that's actually encountered the men in black, but we did gather stories about those who, who have encountered the men in black. And I, I think, yeah, it's really interesting. Who is it? Who has the biggest secrets to keep? And I said the government, you know? Yeah. If there's, they want to, I had a guy, he made so much sense. He said, Ron, if that did not happen, the crash did not happen. Think about the leaps and jumps that we have made since that crash right. from the back engineering. It's like, you know, it's jets and stuff going on and stuff. My watch tells me about my body. I got more computer technology in this that went to the moon. Right. It was like, you know, I get friends that'll joke around and they say, you know, we'll get into argument about something. Yeah, but that happened as you said. Only if we had some type of piece of technology that we could ask correctly and they'll tell us well all about it. But we don't have encyclopedias anymore. <laughs> you don't everything. need them, man. You don't need them. So, have you ever read the book The Day After Roswell? No, I've not read that. It, it sounds the exact story you're talking about. Uh, uh, Corso, Colonel Corso, was uh, in yeah, charge of that true. unit, and uh, you know, it's basically what you just said. You know, he said they had they found technology that they were gradually releasing to the public you know so that they could develop it and, you know it's, it's interesting you know this this guy was a high level intelligence officer too and you know people dismiss it like oh it can't be you know he's in the intelligence he's a colonel in the intelligence service he knows what he's talking about he knows what he's seeing you know I think it's interesting that he dismiss it you know mm-hmm. it's just remarkable the technology leaps and bounds since then. And they says that this is the biggest technical technological age since then. There have been more leaps and bounds and stuff. And I say in my short lifetime, I'm like I cable is a big thing growing up. I cable watch screen. There's no cable. <laughs> yeah, no cable. You can watch stuff on your phone and stuff. I remember watching the Jets the people, the kid was watching someone that's watched. Yeah, smart watches and stuff. And I don't know, this my phone tracks me. It reminds me of stuff. Yeah. I said, you can't do a crime anymore. My phone, I don't know how it's set to do that. Just that, how was your dinner at whatchamacallit? Rated. I didn't tell you to follow. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> yes. It's so funny. <laughs> Ron. 
We are about out of time, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us. We definitely appreciate it. I mean, I we we talk about this kind of this kind of stuff all the time, don't we, James? We do. We are, this Can I tell you people about my book? Absolutely. Oh, yes, please. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I have a fictional book out called Healers. It's uh, three tales of miracles, angels, and lost souls. And where can we get that, Ron? Yeah, angels, you get it at Amazon, you get it other booksellers, Walmart, but Amazon has the best price for it. Also, I have a novella that's 99 cents called Island Alien. I went to uh, Putin Bay at a time there and say, you know what? An alien saucer can land here. So I kind of saw, you know, wrote about that, and it's 99 cents novella, but this one is 260-some pages, three stories about ordinary people that encounter angels and how it changes their life. It's fictional work, but it did a lot of work because I've had guests talk about angels and stuff, angel encounters, which just interests me a lot. Perfect. Wow. Thank you so much. We'll be sure to put the link in the podcast description so that if somebody wants a copy of the book, we'll definitely link them to it. Okay, thank you. Thank you for Thank coming you, on the show. We appreciate you. You know, I remember watching that Betty and Barney Hill movie when I was a kid. And like I told him, I didn't realize the importance of them being interracial at the time until I was older. And then it was like, at that time, you wouldn't want to bring unwanted attention to yourself not at all yeah and you know that so when people say they did it for attention that's bs you know then they say well they did it for money they never made any money off of it no who would pay him well that was the thing you know you know for appearances or whatever you know lectures or whatever i'm just assuming because that's what people say you know these are the reasons why they would do stuff like that and then when you listen to those tapes barney man you could hear the fear in his voice. He's terrified. So, yeah. And she's walking around. And the star system that she drew, guess what? Very real. Exist. Yep. They found it. Oh, I don't remember how many years after. But, yeah, that was the thing. And so, how do you explain that? How do you explain she finds or she knows the location of a star that we haven't even discovered yet? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, or we know, or what did he say? We know where the Greys live. We probably do. You know, and what? And then just his ghost story freaked me out. The something laying in the bed with you. Oh, I know. Sorry, out. I'm done. Deuces. Not hanging out. Wouldn't lay back down. Not staying in this apartment, this house, whatever. I am out. Bags packed. You ain't got to tell me twice. Mm -mm, Nah, done. You can come sleep out on my couch. No, I cannot because your house is haunted. Oh, yeah. I forgot. (laughs) Well, you would be welcome. When he said that, that, mm, I'm done. He's better than me because I wouldn't have done all that. No, no. Yeah, but that's scary shit. I wouldn't have done that shit either. Right? Yeah, that was scary. So that was that was a cool that was a cool interview. That was very interesting. I like that. It, so it was. thank you, Ron, for coming on the show and sharing 
uh, your uh, experiences with us. Are you ready for some random bullshit? I'm ready. Right. I got a question for you. Do it. All right. So you have to get rid of one DC character out of Justice League. You have to get rid of one Marvel character out of uh, Avengers. Who are they? On the DC side, I'm surprised. You, you don't know who I'm going to get rid of? Well, I'm, I'm telling the li- tell the listeners. They don't know. But you know. I know. I'm getting rid of Superman. Don't like Superman? Never have. Superman, you're out of there. All right, so Superman's gone. Superman's gone. And when we come over to Marvel, oh, who do we want to get rid of in the Marvel world? No, no, ask me on the Avengers. Oh, on the oh, when who do we want to get rid of from the Avengers? Oh, I think we can get rid of uh, Captain America. Yeah, he's got to go. Captain America, you're out of there. Boy, you pick some big ones. Hey, not real big fans of either, so they got to go. All right, what you got for me? Oh, I had to have one for you. You you said well not that same question but you said you'd think of a question. All right, all right, I would, I am, I got it. All right, thinking about it right now. I can see, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 Here it comes. Do, 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 do. Oh, James, you're making this so hard for me. And I'm on the spot too. Okay, would you? Would would you would do you think you could become a full vegan? No dairy products, no eggs, no bread, no meat, just vegetables and protein for a full thirty days. As I laugh hysterically. Full <laughs> 30 days. I'm talking full I... on vegan. Full on. Like I'm talking oh. like yeah. Not even milk, buddy. Now see I love my milk. I know you do. So, so yeah. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even make 30 minutes. <laughs> it's hard to be vegan, huh? Hell I mean, yeah. You know, they say that we're not supposed to eat meat at all, but we do. Too late. Yeah, but they say eating meat is what helped trigger the growth of our brains and made it so we weren't apes anymore. And I gotta ask, who is they? I saw that on National Geographic. So National Geographic, but who is they at National Geographic? Geographic. Well, I don't remember the names of the doctors. I'm sorry. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm glad I remembered National Geographic. Well, that's yeah, that's what they say, though. I had read some place where we're not even supposed to eat meat at all, but, you know, bacon's delicious. I'm sorry. It really oh, I is. Love, I love bacon. Mm. I do love some bacon. Man, bacon is good. You can this... bacon to everything. Pretty much. Bacon goes with everything. Yeah, well, maybe not. Okay, so here's the question. What does not bacon go with? I'm saying ice cream. That's a good one. Bacon doesn't go with... Well, I've seen bacon on donuts before, so 
if you've ever been to Voodoo Donuts, they put bacon on donuts, so I can't even say that. Bacon doesn't go with the Snickers bar. Or does it? Yeah, or does it? Everything goes with Snickers bars. That's two winners right there, man. Does it? I don't know. Somebody's got to try it and let me know. <laughs> we we got to get your daughter, Chef Chef Bella B, to, to experiment. Yes, does it? That could be the new hot thing. Have huh? bacon and a Snickers bar infused together. Serious. Might be right. delicious. Might be onto something. I don't know. Because you anyway. got to get the bacon crispy without melting the Snickers. Ooh, and there is the skill part yeah. of making the, what would you call it? Bacon. Not, no, not a, it's bacon and it's Snickers, so it'd be a Bickers. Or a snakin. Or a snakin. I like that even better. Snakin. <laughs> yeah. A Snickers and bacon, snakin. <laughs> All right. All right, listeners. We're working on this. And while we're working on this, you can go check us out on social media. We are on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. And yes, you can even listen to us on YouTube. We are on multiple platforms to listen to the podcast. You'd know because you're listening to us right now on such platform. We James, are everywhere. we are everywhere. Next week, we have yet another riveting guest. More uh-huh. crazy, more crazy shit in store. Season nine. Pretty Ooh, impressive. That pretty is imp- impressive. Pretty impressive. And, you know, if you guys, you guys have been on for nine years, a season for us is 13 weeks. Take a month or so off, come back 13 weeks, month or so off. So we've done that now a total of nine times. So we are over 100 episodes and hitting a year and a half, people. And that's pretty damn good. Yeah? Yeah, Yeah, I think think so. so too, yeah. All right. And on that note. Keep your minds open, people.